My name is Marnie Hay, and I lecture in Irish history at University College Dublin. My current research project looks at Irish advanced nationalism and youth in the early 20th century. In this podcast, I'll discuss ways in which Irish advanced nationalists sought to prepare children and adolescents for their future role in the struggle for Irish independence. I'll explore three examples. The activities for children provided by the nationalist women's organisation Anina Naharan, or Daughters of Erin. The columns for children included in nationalist newspapers. And finally, the activities of the nationalist youth group Nafiana Erin. Before I begin, I should explain what I mean by advanced nationalists. These were Irish nationalists who were not content to settle for home rule. A devolved Irish parliament to deal with domestic issues did not offer enough independence to satisfy them. The advanced nationalist category included not only Republicans who would settle for nothing less than an Irish Republic completely separate from Great Britain, but also supporters of Arthur Griffith's proposal for a dual monarchy in which Ireland had its own independent parliament but maintained the British monarch as a head of state. Thus, advanced nationalists were more advanced in their nationalist aims than the home rulers of John Redmond's Irish Parliamentary Party. Some advanced nationalists recognised the importance of preparing children and adolescents for their future role in the Irish independence movement, while others did not. The members of Anina Naharan were among those who did realise the value of educating children in order to recruit them into the movement. Anina Naharan was formed in the autumn of 1900. It grew out of the earlier initiative called the Patriotic Children's Treat Committee. In April 1900, an estimated 5,000 children attended a free treat in the Phoenix Park in honour of Queen Victoria's visit to Ireland. A group of nationalist women decided to organise a counter-treat for those children who had not attended the Queen's event. With Maud gone as president, they called themselves the Patriotic Children's Treat Committee. They are reputed to have entertained between 20 and 30,000 children in Clonturk Park in Drumcondra in July 1900. The children were treated to food, drinks and nationalist speeches. The event garnered much praise and publicity in nationalist quarters, though Maud Gaughan's admirer W.B. Yeats gloomily wondered how many of these children will carry a bomb or rifle when a little under or a little over 30. When the committee regrouped in the autumn as Anina Naharan, one of their first initiatives was to offer free classes in Irish language, literature, history, drama and music for children over the age of nine, mainly in Dublin and Cork. The women started these classes because they feared that the national school system was not providing Irish children with an education that taught them about their own country. Instead, the curriculum featured a British perspective. Participation in Nina Naharan's classes also provided children with opportunities to attend outings with a propagandistic element. The revellers at a Christmas treat promised never to join or consort with members of the British Army, while girls who attended a day trip to Wolftone's grave in Bowdenstown were regaled with a short address on the nationalist icon's life and work. Anina Naharan later boasted of the popularity of its children's classes, claiming in 1909 that hundreds of children who had attended them were now working for the Irish nationalist movement. Children continued to be used in the propaganda war between nationalists and imperialists. In July 1903, Anina Naharan organised another patriotic children's treat in Jones's Road Park to counter the one being held on the same day in the Phoenix Park to honour King Edward VII and Queen Alexandra who were visiting Ireland. This second pa- patriotic treat was less successful, having been cobbled together at the last minute and deluged by rainy weather. 
Anina Naheran addressed issues relating to the health, education and moral welfare of Irish youth in their newspaper Ban Naheran, or Woman of Ireland, which appeared between 1908 and 1911. The paper also included a regular column for children called Angrianon, or The Sunroom. It was written under a pseudonym by Madeleine French Mullen, the future co-founder of St Alton's Children's Hospital. The column's main focus was a monthly competition in which young people no older than their early teens could compete for book prizes. The competitions were designed to encourage entrants to explore aspects of Irish history and heritage. Readers were asked to submit essays on such topics as their favourite Irish heroine, the feats of Cúhollán and the life of St Patrick. Not surprisingly, the latter topic proved particularly popular with entrants. Unfortunately, a prize could not be awarded for the best account of a battle fought on Irish soil. Two readers complained that they didn't know enough about an Irish battle to write a long account of one, while the only essay deemed worthy of a prize was disqualified because it was written by a girl over the age of 16. Children's columns were a regular feature in newspapers of the time, and advanced nationalist newspapers were clearly no exception. Other papers, such as Irish Freedom and Fianna, also included articles aimed at children and adolescents. Such content served four main purposes. Firstly, to provide youth with an Irish nationalist education. Secondly, to promote an idealised image of Irish youth that readers could emulate. Thirdly, to foster the potential for young readers to become nationalist propagandists and activists. And finally, to offer an Irish nationalist alternative to popular reading material produced in Britain. Irish Freedom was a separatist paper produced by the Irish Republican Brotherhood, or IRB, a secret society dedicated to the establishment of an independent Irish Republic through physical force if necessary. It included a column called Grian on Nanogue, or the Sunroom of Youth, for boys and girls under 20, which was written by someone identified as Nessa. The column suggested concrete ways in which young people could further the struggle for Irish independence and featured monthly competitions that gave readers a chance to compete for prizes. Nessa was forced out of her sunroom after the demise of Irish freedom in late 1914. The authorities considered its content too seditious, especially during the Great War. She re-emerged a few months later in Nessa's Nook, a column for readers between the ages of 6 and 17 that appeared in Fianna a paper published by members of the nationalist youth group Nafiana Erin. This organisation was established in 1909 by Countess Markovich and Bulmer Hobson as an Irish nationalist antidote to Robert Payden Powell's pro-British Boy Scout movement, which had been founded the year before. Through their youth content, these papers sought to educate young people about Irish history and folklore in order to teach them about their own unique heritage to familiarise them with Ireland's long struggle against what nationalists saw as British occupation, and to introduce them to Irish heroes and heroines worthy of emulation. For instance, the Fianna paper included a monthly calendar of significant dates in Irish history and featured articles on Irish history and folklore. In addition, many of Ness's competitions challenged readers to display their knowledge of Irish history by writing essays or answering set questions. She not only urged her audience to educate itself by reading recommended examples of Irish literature, but also encouraged budding writers to send their poetry, short stories and articles to her for feedback and, in rare cases, publication. These papers promoted an idealised image of Irish nationalist youth that focused on the importance of patriotism and morality. The ideal young nationalist was loyal to God and Ireland, 
not to the King or the British Empire. As Nessa pointed out, the allegiance of the boys and girls of Ireland is due to God and their motherland alone. Such loyalty had wider benefits because, according to Nessa, the boy or girl who is true to the motherland will be true to home and friends, true to everything noble, holy and good. The implication that there was a moral dichotomy between Britain and Ireland was typical of nationalist propaganda of the time. These papers communicated the messages of the Sinn Féin and Irish Ireland schools of thought, whose orientation was culturally isolationist, by showing how the patriotism of young Irish nationalists could be expressed through their knowledge of certain subjects and choice of pastimes and consumer goods. They knew their Irish history, from a nationalist perspective, of course, tried to master the Irish language, bought and read Irish publications, and resisted the anglicising force of foreign dances, songs and games, instead choosing their Irish equivalents. Nessa further emphasised the Choose Irish message by insisting that contest entries had to be written on Irish-made paper. The potential for children and adolescents to become nationalist propagandists and activists was fostered by these publications. Nessa awarded prizes for print propaganda such as the best original anti-military enlistment appeal to the young men of Ireland. She also urged her readers to take action, particularly in response to the coronation of King George V and Queen Mary. In order to combat a plan to solicit donations from all Irish females named Mary to buy a coronation gift for the Queen, she suggested that readers go to every Mary in their neighbourhood and ask her to boycott this plan to represent the women of Ireland as loyal West Britons. As an organisation designed to provide an Irish nationalist alternative to British uniformed youth groups, it isn't surprising that publications associated with the Fianna in particular sought to provide Irish alternatives to British popular literature. This was the case with the Fianna Handbook, a Christmas annual entitled Nullig Navian, and the boys' paper Fianna. The Irish versions remained true to the genres of their British counterparts, but adapted their content to suit an Irish nationalist audience. For instance, the Fianna paper published a serial entitled The Wandering Hawk by Patrick Pierce, which, is, which was an example of the classic school story genre. Set in a Catholic boys' boarding school, it tells the story of a group of boys whose new schoolmaster turns out to be a Fenian on the run. Another example is the 1914 Fianna Handbook, which was designed to replace Baden-Powell's 1908 book Scouting for Boys and British War Office manuals, which were the few written sources for instruction previously available to the Fianna. Both books cover such topics as camping, first aid, chivalry and patriotism, but from different political and cultural perspectives. In contrast to Scouting for Boys, the Fianna Handbook includes a section on rifle exercises, revealing the more militant nature of the Irish organisation. In addition to its print propaganda, the Fianna offered its members a combination of military training, route marches, camping and cultural activities such as Irish language classes, history lectures, hurling matches and Cayleys. The Fianna aimed to build up its members mentally and physically to prepare them for their future role as soldiers in the struggle for independence. It initially promoted itself as a national, non-party organisation open to all Irish boys between the ages of 8 and 18, no matter what class, creed or party their fathers belonged to. Though officially for boys, some girls in Belfast and Waterford joined. Over time, the Fianna became openly militant, especially as selected senior members were recruited into the IRB when they reached the age of 17. 
when the precursor to the Irish Republican Army, the Irish Volunteers, were formed in November 1913. The Fianna provided trained officers and instructors, as well as rank-and-file volunteers, to this new adult paramilitary organisation. In the years to come, many current and former members of the Fianna would serve as commanders, fighters, dispatch carriers and scouts in the 1916 Easter Rising, the War of Independence and the Civil War. To conclude, the free classes offered by Anina Naharan, children's columns in nationalist newspapers and the activities of the Fianna all helped to prepare children and adolescents for their future role in the struggle for Irish independence. They were educated along nationalist lines so that they would have the knowledge, skills and confidence to contribute to the independence movement, whether as leaders or supporters, propagandists or soldiers. Such preparation probably facilitated the role of youth and predominance of young men in the Irish Republican Army, which has been noted in recent studies of the Irish Revolution.